0: Hello and welcome to Heart Yoga Radio. We're doing our recording in the house today as we've been thwarted the last three or four times when we've been trying to do our recordings outside by (laughs) too much noise or rain or various things. So we are sheltering in the yoga room right now. So this is just a, a short podcast of something that I became aware of a couple of days ago and I thought was such a wonderful example of how a government should be. Our government here in Wales, Labour government, in 2015, they passed the Wellbeing of Future Generations Act. So I'm just going to read you what, it, what it's got on the website. The Wellbeing of Future Generations Act gives us the ambition permission and legal obligation to improve our social, cultural, environmental and economic well-being. And this Act requires public bodies in Wales to think about the long-term impacts of their decisions and to work better with the people and communities and each other to prevent the persistent problems such as poverty and health inequalities and climate change. So in other words, here in Wales, when they, when they do something, they can't just do anything they fancy that's going to make themselves and their backers richer for the next few weeks, like we have in <clears throat> other parts of this United Kingdom. <laughs> they actually have to think about what the impact is going to be for generations to come and it's sort of amazing really that you have to have an act to make this happen because surely isn't it blindingly obvious that when you <laughs> did you do something that you will be thinking about the people who are going to be coming after you yeah. in your country and how it's going to affect them but I i I was really impressed with this, and I thought I thought it was very beautiful, actually, and such a kind and considerate way of going about governing a country. And wouldn't it be nice if uh, if the rest of the country was also governed like this? Because this is unique to Wales. Um, you know, obviously, don't, the Tories don't give a toss of what happens to future generations. I mean, they don't even give a toss what happens next week, as long as they got their head above water for the next twenty-four hours. Seems to be the the short-term yeah. thinking is is uh, astonishing.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, you could say that we're in in the sort of mess that we're in politically, environmentally, economically, through just short-termism and the polit- the political process, you know, given all of, all of its constraints and. Uh, weird features it, it, pretty well uh, across the world you know but particularly in um, in this country it, it's just endemic you know short-term thinking is en- endemic and i would i would say that conservatism pretty well requires opportunism it isn't conservatism. Isn't really, as far as I can see, a consistent political philosophy. though I know some philosophers, some of some ability, have tried to to say that it is. You know, uh, uh, Roger Scruton, the like Roger Scruton, for instance, and I don't know. You know, going way back, you know, Burke and so forth. These uh, even Hume apparently was some kind of Tory. But really, uh, you, you know, there isn't a co- coherent philosophy underpinning it. It's just about serving the bottom line
0: and the 1% so
1: I mean you say conservatism what does it want to conserve? it wants to conserve the economic status quo it's prepared to go along with sort of uh, more superficial superstructural changes in in the culture you know Um, uh, it might drag its feet around things like I don't know gay rights and that kind of thing and women's rights it tends, tends to be socially conservative as well but it can it can be persuaded to budge on, on those kind of issues as long as the economic status quo is preserved and they will fight to the nail. And why you get short-termism is because the the uh, capitalism is, is a very short-termist kind of scenario. It's business cycles, like seven to ten years. Every seven to ten years it goes into crisis, you know. So you have to... And you don't know exactly how the crisis is going to pan out, so... If you're a Tory politician, you have to do a lot of on-the-hoof, hoof thinking, and in fact, this recent incarnation of conservatism, namely now liberalism, which has been sort of making headway for 40 years, but which now I would say is is a spent force ideologically, even though it's still got some momentum. Actually, repudiates any kind of planning, any kind of government centred planning and, and, and on the grounds that command economies can be very clunky which the example is usually given of the Soviet Union you know a command economy is an economy in which the central government makes a plan and then tries to stick to it, a five year plan a ten year plan I mean the Chinese Communist Party whatever you think of them have got a plan for twenty up the, between now and 2050 you know they've got the road map and uh, they're going to try and stick to it, you know. But conservatism, as I say, it, it just has this built, particularly now. Liberal conservatism has this built-in short-termism, and they will take they'll they'll take actions that they that they sketched out on the back of a fag packet yesterday, in order to to preserve the the profit margins of it, of, of the the economic class that it's the voice, the political voice of. Namely, the as you say, the 1%, you know, and the tallow is. So this uh, Welsh Labour Act r- really counters all that. It just basically says you've got to think about the next generation and the generation after. Yeah, this basically Act says
0: we care about your children.
1: And their future. Yeah. Even though we, we may not be there and probably yeah. won't be there. And your grandchildren, and it's like everything that the government does is tested against this, against this yardstick. It's like everything has to go through that or an audit. And um, I've known about this for some time, and 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 I, I, I thought, oh, this sounds like a good idea, but I haven't sort of had time to really investigate it. But I do get, I get like a newsletter every every few weeks from them. You know it's part of the vast amount of stuff that <laughs> that comes into my my inbox, you know, it's like then I have a quick look and and uh, I'm thinking I want to kind of pay this a bit more attention now, so I'm not sure actually in practice how efficient it is, but except uh, the bit that I have looked at it, it looks as though it's very very efficient, and there's a commission and a commissioner and that and they audit everything that the Welsh government does. According to how well it honors this commitment to the people of the future, you know, to, to their their well-being, and if you look, if you look on the website, they've got several areas. I think it's seven areas, is it? Do you, do you have a look? I mean, one of which is is sort of ecology or climate change, isn't it? So everything the government does has to go under this. This scrutiny has to be given this scrutiny. As I say, in practice, it might just be a paper shuffling exercise that gets fudge, but I suspect not.
0: So I'm just looking at the website again here. So seven wellbeing goals. And I like the the... Uh the fact that they're using this, this, this term, well-being, I know it's thrown around a lot and it's mm. it's kind of become a little bit meaningless in some ways, a bit mm. overused, but... Um, yeah.
1: I, I am a little bit suspicious of of, yeah. of of well-being economics, which was...
0: Yeah.
1: It was invented by Stieglitz, who was a, a Nobel Prize um, economist, even though that kind of means nothing. It's, um, <laughs> but, you know, he's a very prestigious economist who it was... It was uh, uh, Bill Clinton's economic advisor so he's a bit of a neoliberal, and I kind of think there's some fudging goes on in in some of the well-being economics, but in this context,
0: yeah, I think in this context, I think it actually really is, it serves it, it works, serves yeah. well. Um, it, it's a, it's yeah. a good it's a good use so of what the word instead eight of, eight instead eight of eight like talking about the um, uh, economy or being like uh, prosperous. They've really they've got well-being there like right in the title. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: So it says um, the seven well-being goals to make sure we are all working towards the same purpose. The act puts in place seven well-being goals. The act makes it clear the listed public bodies must work to achieve all of the goals, not just one or two. So the goals are a prosperous Wales, a resilient Wales, a more equal Wales, a healthier Wales A wales of cohesive communities, Mm. a wales of vibrant culture and thriving Welsh language and a globally responsible wales. I mean, by me, that just hits all all the targets there.
1: Mm. Mm. I'm just wondering, in practice, as I said, you know, I haven't investigated, but I do do know that they they do audits and they seem to be quite strict. And I will look into that and report back to our dear listeners on, on it. Because sometimes you can get, in legislation, you can get very well-meaning things that then then just go on the shelf and gather dust, you know.
0: Yeah. I feel there's there's quite a lot of passion behind this. I mean, underneath there it there says, is, yeah. we have big ambitions for protecting our environment for and the future generations in Wales. And are leading the way with our Environment Act and Wellbeing of Future Generations Act. Yeah,
1: a- I mean, there's a way in which it locks into all, the, all 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 the other departments. It's 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 almost like that the Commission or the Commissioner will have to sort of oversee a whole a lot of very very important sort of ministries or departments. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, certainly the, the 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 sentiment is there, and it's really going in the right direction. It's it
1: certainly it's certainly a fantastic idea. Yeah. As as I say, you know, the the, the the when you you can have great ideas and you put them into practice, and you have to tweak them a bit. But I say twenty fifteen—that's six years it's been going. Mm. I'm going to pay a bit more attention to the emails I get fr- get from them.
0: And uh, one of the things that occurs to me looking at this is that uh, you know we. have uh, you many of you probably listen to some of our uh Lao Tzu podcasts. And it's almost as if <laughs> if you if you'd gone back and say, Oh Lao Tzu, will you will you uh, will you draw up an act for Wales? And he would have written this almost.
1: Mm. I mean, he's
0: going on, you know, talks about uh, communities and yeah. uh, the you know, future generations, and not not being the selfish arsehole, basically, and yeah. thinking about, um, you yeah. know, who's going to come after you and, and all this sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, even though I mean, some people have construed and can construe uh, Lecture as being a sort of a low government, now neoliber- liberal, you know. Because he's very he's very alert to the fact that governments can do bad things, particularly yeah. when they get when they get captured by arseholes. Yeah, uh, like I mean, I, I, the, the Westminster government, you know, the UK the, the UK Parliament, which unfortunately controls the purse strings. You know, it's like the money that comes to Wales uh, for the Welsh government to pursue its its projects with comes is granted by by Westminster out of general taxation or general money, minting, you know. So if
0: they choose to starve Wales out, they kind of can.
1: Yeah, and, and there is, they are anti-devolution.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, it's the Conservative and Unionist Party and they think it's the, the thin end of the wedge to, you know, the breakup of the Union. The Union meaning the United Kingdom, you know, the Union of Scotland, Wales, England and, and, and Northern Ireland. And there are Tories in, in the Welsh Welsh Parliament, and they, I think, would, they're there to sort of dilute it. There was even one, because we've got a proportional representation, there was somebody elected to the Parliament last time, the Welsh Parliament, the Senedd. And uh, it, their party was called Dissolve the Welsh Parliament Party. <laughs> and they had one member, because we've got oh this, they've got one member who'd say, we've well, we'll just got to dissolve this, they don't, they don't like it, you know. But it's immensely popular now. Yeah. I mean, when when uh, there was a devolution election the first time, Scotland were quite enthusiastic about theirs. But, uh, and then the, the Welsh had ch- can, uh, kind of, can we have one? And all this is under Tony Blair. It's one of the, the reasonable things that his government did, was, was to bring about devolution. And... Uh, so there was there was plans drawn up for a well. It was called the Welsh Assembly, and it didn't have as much power as the Scottish Parliament at Holyrood. It was, but it was a bit. It was a bit more beefed up than, say, a city council like Birmingham City Council, you know, or a metropolitan council. It was, a, you know, it was a national assembly, but it wasn't. It didn't got any tax raising powers or anything like that. And the government in Westminster, the actual UK Parliament, granted it certain areas of. Of concern, certain areas that it that it would have jurisdiction over, and it was sort of fairly limited and it, it only got through on a, on a referendum by a few percent. I think it was like fifty one forty nine it was something of that order it was just a bit, it sort of got in by a whisker and then a little bit a little bit uh, further down the line and that that was sort of quite a long time ago. I forget exactly how long ago, but then a bit further down the line there was another referendum, and the question was: Can uh, would would you want the Welsh Parliament to have a greater powers than this kind of sort of fairly basic devolution? And that one that went through sixty percent plus in favour. So in in the period from when it was instituted to when we had the second referendum about beefing up the powers giving it a bit more clout.
0: because people uh, had a chance to see what it could do
1: yeah and it was i was going to say it was, you know it was it was kind of limited but it was nevertheless there it mm. was there you know and and 60% over 60% voted the next time and the there's the, there's a the it's, it's popular I speak to people it's it's popular they like, they like it you know, and I know the, the local Welsh uh, Labour Party and its constituency, the, this enormous constituency, you know, which is like 40, 50 miles across, you know. <laughs> um, um, well, the district, I mean, it's huge, you know, but they're, they're all pretty well uniformly uh, highly enthusiastic enthusiastic about it. There was one or two exceptions. Some of them think it's like creeping nationalism, somebody called it, you know.
0: Well, I Later. mean, stuff like this is the reason why we, you know, we we need to fight for, for Welsh Labour. I mean, I know a lot of people are very disillusioned with the Labour Party at the moment. Um, Starmer and... Uh, Much pals. included <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's included. Yeah. but Welsh Labour is a different kettle of fish and it, it really is worth preserving and pushing and expanding. Mm. And there's all the questions about sort of independence and things which are... Uh, kind of tricky, but it would be nice if Welsh Labour could get out from under the thumb of the uh, the Tories and Westminster. Really, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a it's a very very difficult well, difficult sent... path, mm. but but still, Welsh Labour are worth it.
1: Yeah. So it's, if it's...
0: you like the Labour Party, come and live in Wales.
1: <laughs> it is a different. It is a definitely a different scenario that's going on. I mean, okay, it's a much smaller country, you know. Sparsely populated, by and large, it, it, the, the old industrial south's a bit more populated than, uh, than sort of around here, you know. Um, I mean, this constituency, which I say, it, it's for all this, this district, it, it's, it's absolutely enormous in terms of acreage, you know, compared with what's going on in uh, far more populated areas of, of, of uh, England, for instance. But there's only like 170,000 people or something in, you know, it's, it's not quite as sparsely populated as Alaska or somewhere like that. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's uh, so it's a small country. Was it three million, three and a half million or something?
0: Something like that.
1: Four million tops. I don't think it's even four, 4 million. So so it, that kind of makes it a bit more manageable, you know, in some, some ways, you know.
0: Also, just just to mention, I've mentioned this before. The things about the good things about the Welsh government is they uh, their environmental schemes are really good, and um, their Even dedication else. to helping mm-hmm. get people on benefits to have um, warmer homes is really good as well. You, I mean, I'm, whenever I'm on Facebook, because they know I live in Wales now, I'm always getting adverts saying. Um, are you on benefits and do you, do you have a uh, decent central heating and if not we will come and just we'll come and install the uh, top of the range uh, central heating boiler <laughs> in your house you know no mm. no cost just just phone us up and we'll send you uh, send the engineers out or we'll insulate your loft yeah. um and which is is lovely, really, but but uh, you know, it's like you, it, the, the, you're bombarded with adverts, with them begging to help you, which is which is lovely.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've got their detractors, obviously, but uh, and the, the majority in the parliament. In fact, it's like they've got fifty percent of the seats in in the senate, so that everything they pass, they have to get somebody else to joining but uh, and there's, there's a few uh, nationalists ployed ployed Cymru, Nas- uh, welsh nationalists and the, the, at least half of those have got a pretty kind of left-leaning in their ideas and yeah. the, the other half is sort of right-leaning you know but because they only need one to pass something there, you know and you need one to come over Obviously the Tories are going to oppose everything that they do because it's against... That's what this, they do, yeah. It's, well, it's against their neoliberal ideology, you know. But I mean, other sort of far-reaching you know, ideas, like the One Planet Development Planning Law, which means, you know, you can... Uh, you, you can submit planning applications, not, not just for, like, farms or small holdings, but also for like, communities and villages and, and workers' co ops and stuff to, to get your planning through on a one planet development ticket. And the, I mean, the basic idea there is that you do, you do an ecological audit of your enterprise, right? And, and it has to, you have to show that in its operation, in its foundation, its operation, it will only use the resources of one, one planet you know what that means yeah. so the average American if everybody in the world lived to the standard of, of living and, and consumption the standard of consumption of the average American to take out planets yeah. so the idea is that you work out how much it needs for one person to live on one planet using one planet's worth of you know so it's, it's, very, it's, it's all about sustainability and that's a thing that they put in, they put in place uh, some years ago I mean, it's been taken up. It's not kind of wide, you know, widely taken up. But again, it 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 keys in very exactly with this uh, Future Generations Act, because it's all about the sustainability. And anybody with the imagination can push this through. I mean, the reality on the ground is that the planners, because planning's in the hands of local councils, drag their feet or just instinctively oppose it because they don't understand it. So they. You have to, um, you you have to, you have to sort of gang up on them, you know, and get legal on them sometimes and say, no, this you've got to do this properly.
0: But imagine in time that will become easier, become there because it will be do. because yeah. it become more more of a thing. so well, they the f- they won't be so confused when That's they right, get the next yeah. well, application. Well, the, the
1: formats are now in place because we yeah. pioneers, and and they just they can hand over templates to people. They also, you know, been educating planners, you know, but at the moment it's a thing that works with small holdings and farms and little eco communities. Uh, but it's applicable across into it uh, might be turning some of these these, co- you know, cohesive you know, the, some of, maybe consolidating the cohesiveness of some of these villages on the clean peninsula and places like that by producing workers co-ops. Uh, it, it, it turn the whole village into a workers' op, you know, and and uh, do a one-planet development on, on on whatever you wanted to put together there, a small a small industrial unit, you know. But as long as you you, you could fit in the, you know, an eco-industrial unit or or a local grid, you know, lo- a local power generating grid. If if the imagination's there, there's no limit to to. Uh, how greatly stuff could could be, you know, for for all the all the desired outcomes that the the future generations act in, envisages, mm. you know, coherent communities, yeah, sustainability, eco sustainability. I mean, there are things happening in Wales which are which I think the government's powerless to do anything about. For instance, hedge funds buying up yeah. hill farms, offering farmers like offers that they can't refuse. To buy a thousand acre of farms, and they say we're going to plant trees all over it. I mean, God knows, I think it's more Sitka spruce plantations, which are completely barren. Maybe they are going to plant oak trees and birch trees and stuff. But the idea that they then sell that as carbon offset, which I think is, it's not what it's cracked up to be carbon offset, you know. No. They could sell it to Shell or, or Coke Industries, you know, or BP, so they can carry on greenwashing their efforts. Plus, you know, it's probably going to give rise to some even, even further rural depopulation. You know, destruction of hill farm culture, probably uh, Welsh-speaking heartlands as well, you know. So, But the government, in a sense, is powerless to do anything about it because all this stuff's completely legal. Mm-hmm. And as we know, you know, the, the, the Conservatives in the small C and the big C sense have got the law rigged in, in the favour. And that's why some of the stuff that's come out in the Pandora papers, I mean, what Tony Blair did, Tony and Cherie Blair did, which was to buy a property in, in London, buy, it's, it's an evade tax, um, evade stamp duty, which is a tax on house purchases, to the tune of £300,000 by buying a company, an offshore company in the British Virgin Islands or somewhere, that owned the house. Cause they didn't buy a house, they bought a company that happened to have a house as a part of its assets. So, and that way they avoided 300,000 pounds of, of tax, and it's legal, yeah, because it's stacked you know, it's it's all the, the, the law is stacked, and, and the Welsh government's got its hands tied in certain respects. And as I say, Johnson and Rishi Sunak have got the purse strings.
0: Well, let's hope that uh, that's not going to last for too much longer. <laughs> we can yeah. but hope. Anyway, yeah. um from found that interesting and um it there is it just shows that there is there are some some bright sparks in uh, and yeah. some possibilities and and uh, there is something worth fighting for. So for all of yeah. the those who are just feeling very depressed about labor at the moment, Welsh labor is still pretty good.
1: And Mark Dreyford's a great Mark
0: Dreyford is, is great, yes. Yes, we're really, really lucky to have him. So I hope everyone found that interesting and a little ray, ray of hope there for you. And uh, we'll speak to you again soon.